seat. It's great to have you here this morning. We're so excited to be here to worship you with you, and it's exciting that uh, we just voted to go get a building, right? Y'all excited about that? Good. That's awesome. And uh, so thank you for doing that. Thank you for uh, following your leadership in that. We're excited. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue to let you know of the plan for that, um, but we're excited. We are going to just continue now. Good morning. Uh, I, I love those words. I once was blind, but now I can see. That's a, it's a good feeling. I know pretty well this week, uh, over the course of the last year and a half, I've become really uh, believe that when the Bible's talking about blind people, it's probably just talking about people that tore their, detached their retinas or have cataract issues. I'm sure more than that than anything. Uh, that I, I had one uh, cataract removed this week, and I was shocked uh, by how well I could see out of my left eye and how poorly my, I could see out of my right eye. Two days ago, I thought my left eye was, left eye was awesome. I thought, wow, this eye could see compared to my right eye, and now it's the exact opposite. So that was an exciting week for me that I can see again and, and what that's like to be able to do that. I was called Wednesday night. They called me. They said, hey, Kyle, you coming in for surgery? A couple questions for you. Do you have a walker? That was the first question for me. <laughs> Second question, do you have dentures? I felt a little better when I went in the next morning and they said, well, I guess you're going to be our pediatric patient for the day. So <laughs> not a common surgery for 35-year-olds, but nonetheless, excited to have that done out of the way. But what an exciting morning, an exciting time for Cornerstone Community Church, isn't it? Here we are uh, on kind of the uh, edge of something new and, and exciting to see what God may have in store. I remember when we first started, you know, starting this process with building God's way and this idea of a, this life station and, and God really giving us a vision that, hey, we want to be more than just have a building that's just going to sit there and we'll meet there on Sundays and Wednesdays, but but God giving us a vision that here is a place that can be a beacon in the community, that God can use this and use the people of Cornerstone to reach the community, Des Moines and the surrounding area, and really leading people everywhere to a devoted relationship with Jesus. And so God began to give us a vision of that happening. How cool that, that God has set this up for us, a place where, you know what, there's a preschool meeting in there. A place where uh, a group of Corinne, what, over 200 people on their, the, that Sunday that you were there, over 200 Corinne meeting there, worshiping Jesus. There's another church plant that's meeting there on Sunday nights as they look to launch into the city. There's an AA group that meets there. How awesome that we can, can have a place that is being a beacon in the community. And that's what we want. That's what we want to be about. That's what we want to be about here at Cornerstone leading people everywhere to that devoted relationship with Jesus. So we're excited. We're excited for what the future is going to hold. Most importantly, we want to be a group of people and a church that, that our mission is exactly that. We want to see people come to know Jesus. We want the blind to see. We want people to be born again, to have that new life, that full life found in Jesus. And so this is a great opportunity for us, and we're excited about it. We're passionate about it, and we want to obviously we want to pray about it. There's a whole lot more that's going to go into it in the coming weeks. We've been going through the book of John, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 10. But as we transition to this new building, we're going to spend a few weeks uh, kind of talking about our, our vision. And so the first few weeks, 
in that new building, we're probably going to spend two or three weeks just on our vision statement, ultimately always coming back to that, that idea and that thought, leading people everywhere to a devoted relationship with Jesus. But as we kind of roll into a, a new era, there are probably going to be a, a large number of people there uh, wanting to know who we are, wanting to know what we are about. So that's going to be an opportunity for us to share our vision, to share what our mission is about, and so they can see that. And so as we're going to go through John today and, and next week as well, we're going to take a break, but then we're going to pick it back up uh, again uh, at the end of July and the beginning of August. So John chapter 10 is where we are going to be at this morning. Uh, it, it is a, another chapter with about 40 verses, and I looked at, at both portions, and I kind of went back and forth. Uh, on kind of where I wanted to go this morning. I, I like both the first part and the second part. If I was uh, speaking next week, we'd be rolling right into the second part. I am not, so I, I didn't want to sit here for, you know, 15 minutes, an hour, and go through the whole thing. So I, I decided I'm just going to go over the first portion, but would encourage you when you go home to read through the second half of John chapter 10. There are some rich things in there, and I encourage you to study it, to read it, and to learn uh, what God uh, may have uh, for you in the second half of John chapter 10. So I strongly encourage you to go back and to read and to study that. This morning, though, we're going to be in the first part of John chapter 10. And before we do that, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for leading and guiding. We thank you that you are in control. God, we want to follow you. We want to follow your lead wherever you may take us. God, we want to be faithful and obedient and we want to pursue you above anything else. God, this morning as we look at John chapter 10 and we, we think about the good shepherd, God, we think about you leading and guiding us. And we want to respond to your calling. We want to respond to your voice and follow. So teach us and encourage us and challenge us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 10, and it's a, it's a tough portion as you read through it, because I think not only do we see in this portion... But we, th- we see throughout Jesus' teaching and his life that people, really, they had to make a decision, didn't they? That there's no middle ground with Jesus. Either you follow him or you don't. There- there's no middle ground in this pursuit of Jesus. And we understand that probably from our culture a little bit. If you maybe have a favorite team, right? It might be a little like this in our state, right? There's, there's a division amongst us. You know, there's the big boys and the little boys. We understand that. All right, so there's, there's kind of a division. If, if you were into politics at all, you can say names like Obama and Bush. And what? You, you can divide a room, right? Mention one, people don't like them. Mention the other one, the other half don't like them. There's a division that comes from that. Maybe you're not into sports or politics. Maybe you're just into movies and pop, pop culture. You know, you got to take a side sometimes and with, you know, Team Jacob some of you aren't going to get this. I was hoping Tim would be here because, you know, he loves this. Or Team Edward, or, or maybe a little more recent. You've got to choose between PETA and, and uh, Gail, all right, in the Hunger Games. But there's division that happens, and we understand that from our culture, okay? Our culture kind of teaches, and we understand there's division. You choose one, and there may be a hatred for the other. But there is nothing more divisive than the name of Jesus. There is nothing more divisive than Jesus. Because the world is either going to love him or they're going to reject him and they're going to reject those that follow him. So we've got a choice and what we see in John chapter 10 is we cannot sit on the fence when it comes to Jesus. 
You either hear his voice and respond and follow, or you don't. There's no middle ground. Wars have been fought over Jesus. People all over the world are, are murdered because of the name of Jesus, because of their association with Jesus. See, when following Jesus, when following the shepherd, there is no middle ground. Either you hear his voice and you respond and you are his sheep, or you aren't. There's no middle ground. Let's read in John chapter 10. If I'm kind of going like this a little bit, I'm not adjusting fully. So I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus using a figure of speech that these guys, it's not that they don't understand the story he's telling, okay? We can look at this knowing more of the story and, and, and seeing more of what Jesus is teaching and telling us, and we can understand the direction he's going. These guys understand the story, but they don't understand that Jesus is using this as an analogy for spiritual life. Okay, they understood a shepherd and his sheep, but they don't understand it as Jesus. They don't understand it as they being the sheep and Jesus being the shepherd. That's what they don't understand. So when it tells us they don't understand, they understand the aspect that, okay, we understand how a shepherd and his sheep work. And how it worked, and is anybody in a shepherd in here? You've had some little experience. Okay. So nobody in this room is really a shepherd. Okay. Here, here's how it works, though, with a shepherd. What they would do is they would have all their sheep in a pen, but it would not only be their sheep, it'd be several other shepherds would have their sheep in this pen. Okay, so they'd have all their sheep in there, and when it was my turn as the shepherd, I would come and I would call out my sheep. Oftentimes, I would call out my sheep by name. And there may be 100 sheep in there, and only 20 of them are mine, but the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. And so while the other 80 will stay behind, the 20 that are mine will follow me. Okay, and that's what he's saying here. The shepherd, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and they follow. The others don't follow. Only my sheep follow me. They hear my voice, and they respond. They follow. This is a story, you know, we love some aspects of it, and we don't like some other aspects quite as well. We love the aspect of the shepherd, don't we? The shepherd, and who the shepherd is, and what the shepherd does for us. Listen to this from Psalm chapter 23. You guys know this, right? It's one of the most famous, probably the most quoted passages in all of Scripture. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that awesome? That's the shepherd. That is what the shepherd does. He leads us. He guides us. He restores us. He restores our soul. He protects us. When our enemies surround us, He is there and protects us. Goodness and love all the days of my life. We will dwell in His house. Aren't those awesome things? Aren't those awesome things? Restores, guides, fears no evil. We dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what the shepherd provides for His sheep. We love that aspect. We love the idea that God is there for us that God is guiding us, that God is leading us, that when my soul needs to be restored, it is Him who restores my soul. It is Him who protects me. It is His house. We will dwell forever. What an awesome thing that the shepherd gives us. What an awesome thing that God provides for us by being our shepherd. And so we love that picture. We love the idea of, yes, God is our shepherd. The part we struggle with in this story is who we are, right? Yeah, that that picture of the shepherd is awesome. Leads, guides, restores, protects. Goodness and love dwell in his house forever. But we in this story are the sheep. Do you guys know anything about sheep? Right? You, You understand that sheep are not the brightest animals out there. Sheep have a very low IQ. Okay, I, I read in studying for this some of the stories about sheep, and they say when sheep are frightened, they will just run off a cliff. They don't care. They're just taking off. They're running. If there's a cliff right there, they'll just go. Right? another story, this, this guy would have his sheep out to pasture, and there's like a 12-foot drop. They see grass down there. They just step and go to it, right? Not the brightest, not the brightest group. If, if a sheep will fall over, they'll fall flat on their back, and they're almost like a turtle. Okay, they'll just be laying there like a turtle and need to be flipped back over. They need a shepherd to come and do that. Uh, there is a, a driver, and he drives cattle and horses around, and he'll drive them, and he'll say, horse and cattle, they will kind of lean with the turn, but sheep, they'll just all fall over. All right? Sheep are not the brightest of the group. And this is the picture of us, right? We are the sheep in this story. It says in Isaiah 53, 6, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. We are the sheep. We all have gone astray. We all have wandered. We all have gone our own direction. One guy said that there are wild animals of everything. Horse, cow, or uh, dogs, cats, whatever. Everything's wild, but not sheep. They all do the same thing. They just kind of wander around. They have no direction. That's us. We are the sheep. We wander around with no direction. All of us have turned to our own way, gone our own direction, and we wander around. So this is the part of the story that's tough for us. We get lost, and we are lost with no ability to find our way. We don't want to admit it, and a lot of times we don't even know it. We all, like sheep, have gone our own way, but most of us have no idea about it. I remember when I was uh, 
uh, Willowbrook several years ago. I was speaking at Willowbrook, and we went over to Adventureland for the day, and we took a large group to Adventureland. And when you're in charge, it's, you know, I remember all these trips, going to the Grand Canyon, Adventureland, wherever. It is a nerve-wracking day, especially, you know, places like the Grand Canyon when Nate Metzler is jumping over the edge. Maybe I shouldn't tell you that, but, you know, it's, those are nerve-wracking times. Well, this, this day at Adventureland, we decided we'd let a younger girl go with us. It was Claire Otley, so she came with us. And I, she's in grade school at the time, and, you know, everybody else is in high school. She might have been sixth grade or something like that. End of the day, we're all getting ready to leave, ready to go home. I'm counting numbers, and we're missing one person. All right? And you can kind of guess who it is. It's Nate Metzler. No, it's, it's Claire Otley. It could have been Nate, very easily. It's Claire Otley, okay? And we can't find Claire anywhere. She's the youngest of the group. I'm in charge. I can't find her. So me and a couple other go back in there, and we were searching everybody else out there, searching all over the place. Finally, I see her. She's on a ride, smiling, having the time of her life, right? Has no idea that she's lost. Has no idea all these people are searching. All of us are like that. We wander around. We are lost. We have no idea that we are even lost, that we are even wandering in our own direction. That is us. We are the sheep, and all of us have turned our own way. All of us have gone astray. And the reality of a sheep is that a sheep needs a shepherd. See, if, if we don't have a shepherd, what do sheep do? They fall off cliffs. What do sheep do? They roll over and can't get back on their four, four legs. A sheep need a shepherd. And that's, that's a tough thing for us to swallow. We think we can do it. We think, you know what, I've got this. I can go my own way. And oftentimes, instead of treating Jesus as the shepherd, we treat him more like he's the consultant, right? Instead of leading, letting him lead and following him, Jesus, you know, I need a little guidance here, or, you know, this is what's going on. This isn't what a sheep is to do. A shepherd leads. A shepherd guides. A shepherd restores. A shepherd protects. This is who he is. You look at a shepherd with a sheep, he, he, he lives with them. He feeds them. He protects them. He sleeps with them. He does all these things for his sheep. That is what we are, and that is the kind of reliance that we need to have on the good shepherd, on Jesus. That he, in every aspect of our life, we need him. We need him. Jesus says this, in fact, he says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We don't understand it, right? We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all gone our own way. It's not until we find the shepherd do we realize how much we need him, how much we need his leading and his guiding and his restoring our soul and his protection in our life. It's not until we find the shepherd we realize we need him. And so it's tough. That's, that's the tough aspect of this story is realizing who we are in it, is being the sheep. But that's not the only difficult thing. There's also the aspect in verse 4, he says this, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The sheep recognize the voice, and what do they do? They follow. They follow. See, as the sheep, we're to follow the shepherd. It's not just about knowing 
but it's about hearing his voice and following. I went to the doctor to do a physical last week, and in the process, I've discovered uh, I have high blood pressure, right? So I took my blood pressure that day. It was like 140 over 105. It told me that was high. Paul doesn't think it's high. His is like 160 over 120, and then anyway. So, uh, so I'm in there that day. They tell me I got high blood pressure. They did a bunch of blood work and things like that. And at the end of the day, they said, okay, Kyle, here's what you got to do. Diet, exercise. Okay, so I hear what I'm supposed to do. And did I go exercise that day? <laughs> I had a s'more that night and maybe some ice cream and nachos and whatever. All right, so it's one thing to hear and know what I'm supposed to do. But to hear the voice and to follow is a whole other thing. Jesus is calling us to hear his voice and to follow. Not just to, okay, I can read the Bible, this is what I'm supposed to do, that, that sounds good, but you know what, I'll worry about that later. Hear his voice, respond, and follow the shepherd. We, like sheep, have gone astray. And we, like sheep, need a shepherd. We need the good shepherd in our life. We need Jesus in our life to lead us, to guide us, to restore us, to protect us. We need him in our life. We'll continue on in verse 7. It says, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Isn't this awesome? That Jesus is that gate. To be a sheep of the great shepherd, it's through Jesus. I am the gate. I am the way. To be saved, it is through Jesus. If you want to know the shepherd, who do you got to know? Whose voice do we need to listen to? We need to hear and follow Jesus. He is the gate. He promises a, a couple things in here. First of all, he promises us, know the gate, know me, and you will be saved. But more than that, in verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. He has come to give us life and life to the fullest. He says, the thief comes to steal and destroy, right? We know that. We talked about it last time. Our enemy comes to destroy. He wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy lives. He wants to destroy churches. He wants to destroy friendships. He is in the business of destroying. But Jesus has come to restore. The shepherd has come to lead and to guide and to restore our soul. He has come to do that. He has come to give life and life to the fullest. And I love that. Now, don't, don't misinterpret that. You know, many people, and I remember even reading a book a couple years back, and the first page of it, this guy was basically promising, okay, you know what? If you follow Jesus, you're going to have a bigger car, you're going to have a bigger bank account, a bigger house. This isn't what Jesus is telling us the full life is. Okay, don't mistake that. The full life is not that life is, on earth is going to be easier. In fact, you look at the disciples. Peter comes to them and says, you know what, Jesus, we've given up everything to follow you. Everything. 
Jesus basically said, well, you're going to give up your life as well. The full life is not a promise of some easy life on earth and that everything is going to be better. That's not what Jesus is talking about in this full and abundant and whole life. Jesus is saying, follow me, and you're going to know what it is to have your soul restored. You're going to know what it is to live a full life, to experience joy and peace in your life. Follow me, know me, know the gate and the shepherd, and you can have that in your life. Now, for a lot of us, this is difficult because maybe we've never experienced that type of thing. You know, we, we look at our life and in our culture, and for us, you know, wholeness and fullness comes through more stuff, more things, just the easiness of life. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. And it's like looking back at John chapter 8 and seeing how he says, if you really are my disciples, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He was telling us before, if we follow in faith and obedience, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, part of living in faith and obedience is God begins to reveal himself to us. And just like this full and abundant life, once we follow in faith and obedience, we begin to understand what this full and abundant and whole life is really all about. But until we follow in faith and obedience, man, we're never going to know it. We're never going to understand it. And God calls that faith and obedience oftentimes in our life, right? He's calling for us that right now with our church, right? We, we are taking a step. Faith and obedience. We are going to follow him in faith and obedience. And pray that God will help us experience the full and abundant life. Full and abundant life. Verse 11. says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming... He abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. You know this story I just told you about, this analogy from everyday life, how a shepherd will call his sheep and they will hear his voice and they will follow? What I'm telling you is I am the good shepherd. Those that hear my voice and follow me are my sheep. What's awesome about this, and I love this in in verse 14, it says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The shepherd knows you completely. He knows everything about you. He knows you inside and out. And you know what? He still loves you. Isn't that awesome? I don't think we can truly experience that kind of love until someone knows us completely, whether it be in a friendship or a marriage, until someone knows us completely for all our faults and all our failures and still loves us. That's love, isn't it? That's what Jesus is saying. I I know you. I know you. He knows us completely, and he still loves us. He knows us completely, and here's what he did. And I laid down my life for the sheep. 
Isn't that awesome? I mean, there's the gospel, right? That Jesus has laid his life down for us. He knows us completely, all our faults, all our failures, all our misdirections in life, and he still loves us and lays his life down for us. What an incredible and awesome truth that is. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. So this message was for more than just the Jews, right? It was for the Gentiles as well. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. See, Jesus says, I I, I will lay down my life, and we know that others can lay down their life, right? I could step in front of a bullet for somebody or in front of a, a moving car and push somebody out of the way. I can lay my life down, but only Jesus has the authority to raise his life back up again. Only Jesus has that kind of authority. Any religion in the world, any religious leader of, of all time, it was only Jesus who rose again. It's only Jesus who lives today. This is the good shepherd. He has laid down his life, and he has taken it back up again for his sheep, for us. Isn't that awesome? No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from the Father. This is Jesus. Jesus is the gate. Only through Jesus can we be saved. Jesus is the good shepherd. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all gone our own way. And we as sheep need the shepherd. We need the good shepherd. Listen, Jesus is divisive. You cannot be on the fence about Jesus. We see it right here in the end of this. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? They were divided, and you see it throughout the Gospel of John. Some follow him and love him, and some think he is demon-possessed. He's raving mad. You cannot be on the fence about Jesus. Either you hear his voice, and you follow, and you are his sheep, or you're not a sheep. There is no middle ground with Jesus. And I would challenge you and encourage you this morning to ask yourself where you are. Are you his sheep? Have you heard his voice? And on hearing his voice, have you followed the good shepherd? And if you haven't, you need to know this. You need to know him. You need to know that he is the gate and only through the gate can you be saved. You need to know that He is the Good Shepherd. He is the one that will lead you and guide you and restore you. Only He, the Good Shepherd, offers that. The band is going to come back up, and we're going to have a chance to remember Jesus. We're going to have a chance to remember that He has laid down His life. The shepherd for His sheep has laid down His life. I want to read you. I shared this verse a little bit ago, at least verse 6. In Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried... I don't know why that all of a sudden disappeared. 
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. I love that idea, the punishment that brought us peace. There's that idea again, that fullness and wholeness with God. The word is shalom, and it means a fullness and a wholeness with God. If you remember in John chapter 3, when he's talking to Nicodemus, that he tells him, today, right, you can be born again, and you can know what eternal life is. That eternal life begins right now, and you shall never die. He was telling Nicodemus he could be born again and experience eternal life and experience shalom, that peace with God. Jesus is talking about that in John chapter 10, that we can experience this full life, this peace with God. So brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Why? Because we all, like sheep, have gone our own way. We all have wandered off. We all, like Claire Otley, have no idea that we where we were going or we were even lost. We need the shepherd because we are the sheep. And it's by his wounds we have been healed. It's by his wounds that we've been made right with God. And so as we take the bread and the juice and we remember the good shepherd, we remember the gate, we remember what he has done, how he laid his life down for us. We remember his body that was broken in the bread, and his blood that was shed in the juice. And so if you know Jesus, if you have heard his voice and you have followed him, the bread and the juice is for you, and we invite you to come and remember him. If you have not responded to his voice and followed Jesus, this morning we encourage you to know. We encourage you to to understand who the good shepherd is, that he is the gate, and only through him can you be saved. Only through Him can you know this peace with God. Only through Him can you know this full life. It's only through Jesus. Only through the Good Shepherd. Let's pray. God, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You that He is the Good Shepherd. We thank You that through Him we are healed. By His wounds we are healed. We thank You that the Shepherd has laid His life down for the sheep. God, we we want to remember what he has done. We want to remember his death and his resurrection. We want to remember that his body was broken and his blood was shed. We thank you that the shepherd has laid his life down for the sheep. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.